Hare Krishna, welcome back once again. So, we can all begin our session today with the Pranam Mantras and uh, I really welcome all of you for this uh, Bhagavad Gita study circle and today we are in session number 53. So, uh, we have uh, traversed a long way and uh, let's just dedicate the session to my spiritual master, His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada who is the founder Acharya of ISKCON. So, all of you kindly join your palms and you can chant along with me the Pranam Mantras. It is there displayed on the screen. So, kindly fold your hands and then please chant along with me. Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Namo Om Vishnu Padaya Vishnu Prishtaya Bhutale Shreemate Bhakti Vedanta Shreemate Bhakti Vedanta Vamin Nitinamine Vamin Nitinamine Namaste Saraswati Deve Namaste Saraswati Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Nirvishesha Shunyavadi Pashyat Deshatarine Pashyat Deshatarine Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Jaya Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Prabhu Gadadhara Shri Advaita Gadadhara Srivasadhi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Srivasadhi Gaurabhakta Vrinda Namo Mahavadanyaya Namo Mahavadanyaya Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishna Prema Pradayate Krishna Chaitanya Krishna Krishna Chaitanya Namne Gauratvishe Namaha Namne Gauratvishe Namaha Namo Brahmanya Devaya Namo Brahmanya Devaya Gobrahmanya Hitaya Jagadhitaya Krishnaya Jagadhitaya Krishnaya Govindaya Namo Namaha Govindaya Namo Namaha He Krishna Karuna Sindho He Krishna Karuna Sindho Dina Bandho Jagatpate Dina Bandho Gopesha Gopika Kanta Gopesha Gopika Kanta Radha Kanta Namostute Radha Kanta Namostute Tapta Kanchana Gaurangi 
So what does that mean? Vidya Vinaya Sampanne. We understood that anybody who is truly educated, one who is truly educated, his first qualification is humility. His Sampannaha. He never becomes proud of his knowledge. The result of acquiring knowledge is we should bow down with humility. If a person is not humble, there is no Vinaya, there is no Sampanna, then it is not education. Today's modern education is not making people Vinaya and Sampannaha. It is rather making people very much proud. Right? So that is not education. True education means you have to, we all have to become humble. We should develop the quality of humility. And Samadarshi means on that platform of self-realization, a Pandita actually sees an ant, an elephant, a dog, a dog eater, Chandala, everybody on an equal vision in the sense that everybody is a part and parcel of Krishna. On the material level, there is no equality. But on the material level, we can give due respect to each and every living entity. I told you also very clearly that how a dog cannot be worshipped on the altar, but a dog can be given some piece of bread to eat. And, and sometime in our Indian culture, we give some uh, sugar to them and they get their... That is due respect. So we can give due respect to each one of them, but equality is only on the spiritual platform. And a Panditaha actually has this spiritual vision. So this is what we have understood in the previous session, right? Because it's very important for all of us to now at least practice seeing each and every living entity on an equal platform. It's very difficult, extremely difficult, because sometimes when you're doing day-to-day -day activities, you uh, invariably you go and actually kill some living entities. You know, many times just after speaking this uh, session, this particular verse last Sunday, you know, morning when I was just boiling a little water, I saw so many ants and I saw them actually they got burnt and I was feeling so sad. But it is so difficult, you know, to avoid them because there are so many ants and I have to do certain things and it was unavoidable and they actually got killed. So I was feeling very bad about it. And uh, you see, still there is a reaction for, so I thought, okay, I am not still a Pandita. So it's difficult, it's extremely difficult. Just this week this happened after speaking this particular word. So I, it was a reinforcement, a reinforcement for me that how there is a long way to traverse when it comes to applying Bhagavad Gita in our life. So <laughs> it's difficult but not impossible. So we should pray that and uh, seek the help of Krishna and the spiritual master that as much as possible, please give us the strength that we can implement these instructions of the Bhagavad Gita in our life. So you see, earlier when the uh, sages, they used to go to the forest, there were so many living entities, even wild animals, right? So and in the forest, they used to do so much of meditation, tapasya, and there used to be insects, there used to be scorpions, there used to, there used to be uh, deadly snakes, and there used to be uh, so many beautiful other animals making so much uh, noise, sometimes music, very pleasant to the ears, but they never got distracted. Because the sages within, they always thought that, okay, all this external noise is there. If the Paramatma within my heart can make me sit silent here in this jungle, so the same Paramatma which is there in their hearts will also make them silent and help me in my meditation. You know, that used to be the vision of the sages. So. This is how one becomes Panditaha. 
we are still not on that level of becoming panditaha so but we should definitely strive and we should uh, see that all these beautiful instructions of the bhagavad gita are implemented right so let us uh, understand what krishna is going to explain in the next words so in the next words that is the 19th verse krishna is going to say that once you become a samadarshi a panditaha then what will happen what will you actually achieve so let's understand that in the next verse so <clears throat> achutan ji you can unmute yourself and let's uh, chant this particular words that is 19th words so very interesting words so please uh, unmute yourself and इहैवत्तैर्जितसर्गो इहैवत्तैर्जितसर्गो येषां सामेस्तितं मनः येषां सामेस्तितर्मगः निर्दोषं हि समं ब्रह्म निर्दोषं हि समं ब्रह्म तस्माद्ब्रह्मणि ते स्थितः तस्माद्ब्रह्मणि ते स्थितः लेट्स डू दिस वन्स अगेन इहैवत्तैर्जितसर्गो इहैवत्तैर्जितसर्गो येषां सामेस्थितं मनः निर्दोषम ही समं ब्रह्मा निर्दोषम ही समं ब्रह्मा तस्माद् ब्रह्मणि ते स्थितः तस्माद् ब्रह्मणि ते स्थितः वंडरफुल थैंक यू सो मच प्लीज रीड द ट्रांसलेशन बाय द वे बाय योर सेल्फ those whose minds are established in sameness and equanimity have already conquered the conditions of birth and death they are flawless like brahman and thus they are already situation in brahman yes thank you so much hari krishna hari krishna so again a very beautiful words so here krishna is saying that once you become a panditaha you become a samadarshi seeing everybody on the equal platform the spiritual platform then what will happen is tasmat brahmani tasthitaha you actually become situated in brahman i have explained before that how god realization is at three levels there is brahman realization there is parmatma realization and there is the supreme most that is bhagwan realization so if you carefully see the most of the mayavadis you know those who are uh, atheistic atheistic in the sense those who are monist monist means they believe that everything is brahman so mayavadis they want to develop this equal vision and by developing that equal vision they want to attain the state of brahman so they also want to become brahman but our vaishnava philosophy is completely different we want to see everything in connection with krishna so that is brahman realization for us so now let's understand so krishna is saying that anybody who has equal vision develops this equal vision he is the one 
who can attain this Brahmanistitaha. He becomes situated in the Brahman. When will he become Brahman, uh, Brahman realized? Krishna is saying, Ihaiva. Ihaiva tair jitasargo. He is saying, Ihaiva means, in this very lifetime, you can actually become Brahman realized. So, so much of hope Krishna is giving. Although right now, we are imperfecting and executing the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna is still giving us the hope that we can all become Brahman realized Ihaiva. He is saying that in this very lifetime, you don't have to wait for next lifetime or multiple lifetimes to become Brahman realized. How? By becoming a Panditaha. Ihaivai Tair Jitas Sargaha. Sargaha means Samsara. One of the meaning of Sarga means Samsara. Another meaning of Sarga means also becoming free from birth and death. So what happens is, when you become self-realized and you have this, develop this equal vision, then you can actually get rid of the Sarga. Sarga means you become rid of, become free from this Samsara. What is Samsara? In simple words, Samsara means becoming free from the cycle of birth and death. This is Samsara. So if you can somehow escape this cycle of birth and death, then Ihaiva, in this very lifetime, it is possible. You just see, so much Krishna is giving us a lot of hope here. But how that is possible, Krishna is saying, Nirdosham hi samam brahma. So, equanimity, and you should not see, they are flawless like the Brahman. So, Nirdosham, we all have to become Nirdosham. Dosha means what? Dosha means flaw. Each one of us have certain doshas within us, right? There is a lot of dosha. <laughs> you go to Ayurveda, then they will say that you have kapha dosha, you have pitta dosha, you have vata dosha, you know. So all of us have this uh, doshas at a physical level. But there are also at a mental level, at a conscious level, consciousness level, there are doshas. So we have to become nirdoshaha. We have to become flawless. Now there are a lot of flaws within us, right? So what happens is, please understand, when in any relationship, let us understand this with an example. There is a relationship and the relationship is very, very good and the bonding is very good when you don't see dosha within another person. You see, anytime when there is a new relationship that is getting formed, generally we don't look at the doshas of other person, right? Especially when a young boy and a girl, they are getting attracted to each other, they want to avoid seeing all the doshas of other person. He is the perfect king, he is the perfect queen, you know, princess and the princesses, all perfect. The Mr. and Mrs. perfect, you know, you look like that. And uh, you also want to project yourself as Mr. and Mrs. perfect, right? Flawless. And the person also doesn't want to see any flaws within you. So when you don't see any flaws within people, then what happens is, it brings people close. People get close to each other when they don't see flaws within each other. But when the flaws start surfacing out, then what happens? Those flaws will distance people. You know, familiarity breeds content. You know, initially it's very nice. But as the honeymoon period gets over, then you start seeing the flaws within the people, then what happens is, they start getting 
apart the distancing will increase right so this is what happens in the relationship so why because we are seeing the dosha the more the dosha you see in other person that much distancing will happen we become apart so now similarly we should understand that when we don't see any flaws in the lord in krishna we become closer to him so right now the exact opposite is happening why are we away from krishna why it's because we are seeing flaws in the lord oh how is that prabhu yes you see there are so many people you know they are constantly finding flaws in the lord that is true you see there are many people who say that oh see this rama he crossed the ocean he went to the lanka he fought with ravana such a big terrible fight that happened a big battle and war and so many people were killed and then finally he bought sita and then for a very petty reason he asked her to go he banished her to the forest what is the use of such rama you know people talk like this so they find fault with the lord and krishna to you know if they can find fault with rama who is such a uh, perfect person supreme personality of godhead he is the dharma personified rama in one sense even from the moral point of view he always uh, stands quite tall now krishna to do you think they leave when they cannot leave rama he will say oh krishna he is such a big thief you know always stealing sometimes he is stealing butter sometimes he is stealing the clothes of the gopis he is always stealing the hearts of the people always is a big stealer right so krishna to so many names they keep always finding faults right then people talk about narsimha oh narsimha that god he is so angry all the time his soul looks so angry so what's happening here is we constantly find faults with the lord so when we start seeing these faults in the lord then we actually are getting away from the lord our relationship with lord is distancing right so right now the reason why we are away from the lord is this because we are actually seeing some dosha within the lord just imagine if somebody is talking something wrong about you behind your back will you again go and talk to that person in the same way in fact you want to avoid that person you don't want to talk to that person because you got to know that he is talking something behind your back right now imagine you are talking about god who is all pervading he knows everything that what you are speaking and even what you are thinking and we are constantly finding faults with him within our mind and by words then do you think that he will be interested in us he will also become udasina he will say okay you you will be taken care by your own karma i will not interfere in your life lord krishna he is actually equal to everyone but for his special devotees he is more concerned he has a special favor for his own devotees why because they are constantly glorifying him so we are not happy with the uh, you know people who backbite us then what krishna will think krishna will say okay i will also not care for you although he does but he will not personally get involved in our sukha and dukha because you want to distance me you want to keep me away from me right so 
This is what we should understand. If nirdosham hi samam brahma, we are constantly finding faults with the people, with the Lord. Actually, finding fault in others is also a fault. It's a fault in itself. There is a session I had done on this. Finding fault is another fault. We should never find faults in people. We should not try to do that. There's a very nice story. Once uh, there was a very great tapasvi. He did a lot of tapasya. And after doing so much of tapasya, he actually went to Lord Brahma and uh, he asked for a boon. So Brahma asked, yes, what do you want? And this tapasvi said, my Lord, please ensure that I should always be happy and people should always talk good about me. They should glorify me. I should always be pleasant to others and nobody should think anything wrong about me. So this is, is, this is my uh, you know, boon that I am asking. So Brahma said, alright, Tatatsu. So what he said, Brahma, he gave him two potlis, you know potlis, those bags, small bags. So Brahma said, you see there are these two potlis, these are these two bags. So one bag consists of all the flaws all the faults of others and there is one of them that one portly other one is having all your faults so these are two portlies and ensure that these two portlies do not get with each other you have to keep your portly of faults in front always while you are going out and the portly of all the people's fault should be behind your back so he agreed and then if you are able to somehow keep these two portlies in their appropriate position, your, the portly of your faults in the front and the portly of others faults at the back, if you are able to do this, then you will be the most happiest person, you will be always very pleasant to others. So, you know, he was very happy and uh, he was carrying these portlies all the time and uh, everyone was very happy, but you see, to her is human. So once it so happened that this tapasvi, in urgency, it so happened that the portly of others fault, he put it in his front and all the portly of his own faults at the back. And when he started going out, everybody started criticizing him, they started talking ill about him and he was confused. I mean, he was sick and tired and he was hearing all those negative comments from the people. He never expected this. and. Anywhere he is going, people are actually doing his ninda, constantly criticizing him. And it came to the state where he thought, okay, let me just commit suicide. But before doing that, he said, okay, let me go to Brahma and ask, why is this happening? And then, when he went to Brahma, he told Brahma that this is what is happening to me. All people are criticizing me. And then Brahma said, it's because of your fault. I had told you very clearly that the bag, the portly of your fault should be in the front. And now you have actually kept the portly of other faults in front of you and this is the reason why so much of problems you are uh, problems that are coming to you. So my dear devotees, the message here is what I am trying to convey is when you are constantly keeping the faults of others in your conversations while talking to people, then what you will get in return is only criticism. What you will get is only negative comments. So instead, we should always keep our faults in the front. You should always ensure that, okay, nobody, we should not point out at 
you know, others. You know, they say that also that when you point one finger to others, there are other fingers which are pointing towards you. So never find fault with others. Instead, a humble person, because that is what Vidya Vinaya Sampanne, a humble person, he never finds fault with others. Instead, he finds fault with oneself. So this should be the quality. Because the more you try to find faults with others, you will actually become troublesome to others. And it's also law of attraction. You know, this is uh, one very good principle that we should all learn. In fact, all of you should be aware of this, that many great devotees have also told, I've heard this from devotees, saying that when you actually appreciate the good qualities in others, the portion, some proportion of that good quality also comes into your life. So when you appreciate somebody's good quality, that good quality will also come into you. Similarly, if you are constantly finding faults with others, that bad quality will also come into you. So this is law of attraction. This is the secret. So many people talk about law of attraction these days, right? So this is law of attraction. If you are actually wanting to be a good person, then just stop finding faults with others. That is exactly Nirdosham Hi Samam Brahma. So this is what is called as Nirdosham Hi Samam Brahma. How do we become Nirdoshaha? So now the question may come, Prabhuji, now this fault finding flaw is within us. Because finding fault is, there is a flaw. This is the flaw that we all have. So how do I get rid of this? You just use this principle of law of attraction. What we should do is, when you know that there is a specific bad quality in you, unwanted quality in you, like lust, greed, anger, envy, you know, all these are unwanted qualities. We are aware of this. So when you think that, yes, this is a bad quality and I should not have them, then what is the best way to get rid of it is actually you should think that the Supreme Lord Krishna, he is free from lust. He is free from greed. He is free from envy. When you think that the Lord is flawless, then we will automatically become slowly, by the mercy of God, flawless. So this is the secret. When you start thinking that Krishna is flawless, the Supreme Lord is flawless, then we also become flawless. And Krishna ensures that yes, you become flawless. Because you are seeing no faults with the Lord. When you are constantly having that faith that yes, the Supreme Lord, whatever He does, apparently it may look uh, wrong. Many times in the Mahabharata, you see that Krishna is telling someone to tell a lie. He tells lies and many things He does. But whatever Krishna does is actually dharma. Whatever He does is for the ultimate good. So when you have this faith, a very strong faith, that the Supreme Lord is Nirdoshaha, then we also become Nirdoshaha. So please understand, this is a secret. So instead of trying to fight with all these individual anarthas within us, lust, greed, anger, envy, if you can simply think that, yes, whenever you go to the temple next time, just think that, yes, this Lord I am seeing, He is flawless. He has no flaws within Him. He is completely faultless. When you think like that, when you have darshan of the Lord and when you think like that about Krishna, then those qualities will come into you. You will gradually become flawless. The more you think, the more quickly 
you become flawless. So you see, this is a very beautiful secret that we should all understand. And Krishna is that is why telling us that Nirdosham hi samam brahma. And he's saying that Jitasargaha. Ihaivar Tair Jitasargaha. You will escape is this cycle of birth and death in this very lifetime. What an amazing thing. How can you escape from this cycle of birth and death? Simple law of attraction. This principle of law of attraction. What do you think? You should think that Krishna is Aja. Krishna has no birth and death. When you think that Krishna has no birth and death, then what will he do? He will tell, okay, this devotee is thinking that I am Aja. So I will make him also Aja. Aja means unborn. Janma. Ajanma. You see? So what is the secret of becoming free from the cycle of death is, cycle of birth and death is, you should simply think that Krishna is not born. This dosha of birth is not there in Krishna. When you tell this, that yes, this birth and death dosha does not affect Krishna, there is no such flaw of birth and death in Krishna, then that will help us to become free from birth and death. See? Simple. Law of attraction. So anytime you feel that there is a certain dosha within you, you can also list out all the different doshas that you have. This week the, the activity for all of you, a homework for all of you is, you should think and analyze what are the different doshas that you have. And then start thinking about them seriously and tell that and start praying to the Lord, my Lord, you do not have this dosha. Please give me the strength. Please purify me of this dosha also. You see, this, is, this should be our prayer to Krishna. Because my Lord, you don't have this dosha, make me also free from this dosha. Right? So, this is a very interesting thing, a very wonderful secret that we should all be aware of. Right? So, isn't this helpful now? Yes, Prabhuji, very helpful. <laughs> yes, Prabhuji, really, very helpful, Prabhuji. Really, really, Thank you. Master life as well as professional life also, Guruji. Guruji, shall I ask one question, Guruji? Okay, Uma Kumar, I see that you are eager, so please go ahead and ask. Guruji, according to this one, we should not find any fault for others. But in work culture, it is difficult to, without finding fault, or any work, our employees is not uh, doing properly means we need to find the fault and we need to say this is the thing you are doing correct otherwise uh, they will keep on doing same mistake otherwise uh, they will think uh, they will uh, think in the sense of uh, they will take for granted again and again they are going to do same mistake correct that's why sometimes i have to find the fault and i have to inform correct. this is the thing what i have exactly how can we do it's a very good question and important question now you see even the spiritual master, a guru, is supposed to find faults in his disciples. A teacher is supposed to find faults in the disciple. It's extremely important. Why? Because if he doesn't find the faults with the disciples, then the disciples may go into a wrong direction. So as a professional, you are supposed to find faults at a vyavharic level, as a matter of duty. Now, there is no personal grudge. Oh, I want to find Paul because he is doing very well. There is no envy there. 
you are doing it as a matter of duty because all of you have come together as a team for the ultimate good of the project you all want to achieve a certain goal so to attain that goal you all have to have a same mindset and if somebody is actually going off track then it is your duty to find fault and then bring that person back to track isn't it so that is very much required so that fault finding is actually at a vyavaharik level but not at a personal level you know many times we should all do this you know even parents have to find faults when they are doing something wrong the children are doing wrong the parents are supposed to correct that is not finding faults it is actually the duty of the parents to ensure that they children are going on a right track isn't it so at a vyavaharik level you should definitely deal and you should find faults in the sense that it is good for the project but personally you have no grudge over that person so you are not uh, personally concerned with what is happening uh, you are not envious you are not trying to by finding faults your intention is what matters when you find faults in a professional environment your intention is not to denigrate that person you don't want to pull down that person you are only concerned about the project you are only concerned about the benefit of the project so you are not personally targeting that person uh, for uh, your own personal interest so when you do that then there is absolutely no problem and it is your duty and it is not fault finding so your intention matters so i hope that answers your question uma kumar yes guruji good so you see this is how we should understand this very uh, simple process and if we can carefully understand these principles nicely we can lead a very peaceful life not just we in fact anybody with us will also be very happy because uh, this is how we can deal with people fault finding is another fault i had done a session on this it's also there on uh, uh, the secrets of success podcast which is available on uh, Apple podcast is available on the Castbox and uh, it's also available on Anchor FM you know in Podbean and all the podcast platforms you can just check it out and you will find them so you can listen to that there is a very dedicated session on finding faults uh, is another fault okay so with this let's go to the next verse and uh, Dave you can unmute yourself and let's uh, chant the next verse that is 20th verse yes sir This is also a very interesting verse Krishna is saying here. Na pradeshet priyam prapya. Na pradeshet priyam prapya. No dvijet prapya cha priyam. No dvijet prapya cha priyam. Tira buddhi rasam mudho. प्राप्य मूढ़ो 
ब्रह्म विद्रह्मणि स्थित prescription as well as an advice for all of us to follow so it's very interesting that krishna is saying that how actually a person who is neither rejoicing when he achieves something very pleasant so many times when we become successful in our life there are many pleasant things that we acquire the moment you get that pleasant thing we rejoice we become uh, elated by the success and sometimes when we are actually getting some unpleasant things experiences in our life which are very unpleasant then we also become very morose and we become uh, disturbed but a person who is having a equipoised nature who never actually gets elated not disturbed by these pleasant and unpleasant things in his life then he understands the signs of god krishna is saying he is the one with that stable nature he can actually understand the real nature of god so important you see krishna had explained this previously also matra sparshastu kaunteya shitoshna sukha dukha daha agama paino nitya tamtitikshaswa bharata you know tamtitikshaswa you become titikshaswa you become tolerant of all these pleasant and unpleasant things so tolerance doesn't mean you have to tolerate only the unpleasant things many times people they kind of uh, think that tolerate means you should tolerate only unpleasant things oh bahut bura ho raha hai mere sath you know i let me tolerate the bad things in my life no you have to tolerate even the good things lot of pleasant things because we should not get elated basically any extreme emotion should be avoided many time people take extreme steps and they make extreme choices because of extreme emotions you know this remote choice of going and committing suicide is why because of extreme emotions so disturbed they are they want to go and commit suicide and many times in a, a lot of pleasant things happen in an extreme uh, joyfulness and extreme happiness so called material happiness many times you also commit wrong decisions you take wrong decisions and you may lose you know i was seeing this one uh, funny video that how you must also have seen that we should not celebrate our victory before we actually become victorious you know i saw that video met how many sports people many olympic uh, a sport people when they are running a marathon and you you know they are almost very close to the dead end they are about to win the uh, end line and they think that oh yes now i am one and they slow down and immediately there is someone from behind and uh, they win the uh, game 
So they are very close to victory, but because of that extreme joy that, oh yes, now I am elated and they think that I'm, I have won the game and suddenly there is someone who comes and takes over. You see, you must have seen these videos many times. So, this is what Krishna is telling, don't go to these extreme things. Before you become victorious, you think that, oh, I am now victorious, it's a big problem. You should never go to these things. So, we should have a stable vision. So, for that, we all should get exposed to extreme situations sometimes. For example, you know, it is important for people, especially children who are born in aristocratic families, they have to be shown the life of poor people on the streets. They should actually go on the streets and see that how there are so many children who don't even get one morsel of food a single day. So when you go and see, when these children born in rich families, they go and see such people who are struggling to get a meal a day, they will understand, oh, their world is so difficult to live and they are getting so much to eat and it's a great blessing that they all have been bestowed with. So these are important things. In fact, one of the devotees was also telling me that how in Australia, if you have to join army, they ask you, have you ever failed in your life? And if you tell them that, no, I have not failed, I am always very victorious and I am always a first ranker, they reject you. Because in the army, they don't want you to take such people who are always victorious. They should have tasted some element of defeat. They should have tasted some element of that distress in the life. Because people who are constantly, you know, always victorious and they have never seen the other side of the coin, then it's difficult. They can actually take extreme steps. So it is important for us to have a balanced vision. So we should also help our children to have this balanced vision right from the beginning. When especially they are getting so much of uh, comforts, they should go on the streets and help people. They should we should make them serve the poor people. And uh, uh, I recently saw one video of Sudha Murthy ji also. She gave a very nice example of her own son, where she explains that how uh, on uh, his birthday she actually. Instead of throwing a big party in the five-star hotel, she actually made him to go to the poor people and probably she helped someone to get educated. So you see, this is the way we should uh, uh, teach our children to understand the realities of life. So Bhagavad Gita is actually telling us that you should have an equal vision, you should develop this equal vision of both Sukha and Dukkha, pleasant and unpleasant things. You should never get disturbed. What is most important for the devotee is is that I am serving the Lord, whether I am in hell or heaven, I want to chant the holy name of the Lord and this should be our prayer to the Lord. My Lord, no matter I am whether in hell or heaven, I should be constantly chanting your holy name because that is the only thing that a devotee should hold on. What should we actually hold on is that the knowledge of the Bhagavad Gita and service to the lotus feet of Guru and Krishna, that is the only permanent thing. Sukha and Dukkha, pleasant and unpleasant things are temporary. My dear devotees, please understand, never get bewildered by these things because both Sukha and Dukkha are temporary. In this world, you cannot have continuous Sukha. You cannot have continuous Dukkha. Sukha will come, Dukkha will come. It's a constant wave. So don't get disturbed.
by these pains and pleasures. Never strive for all these things. It is unnecessary trouble for you. You just lead a simple life as per the instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. That's it. But when we don't understand this vision of Krishna, what Krishna is trying to tell is, He actually wants us to experience uh, the great joy that is there in this instructions of the Bhagavad Gita. This is a very practical book. You know, this is a very practical book. People take this as a only a philosophical book for some mental speculation or intellectual discussions. No. This is actually for our implementation in our life. Life is a big project. It's a game we are playing. So we should know how to play this game effectively so that we win this game of life. But for that, you know, you should know the rules of the game. So the rules of the game is given in the Bhagavad Gita and this should be implemented. Simply theoretical understanding will not help. It is so difficult. Just the theoretical knowledge. We can become Panditaha by knowledge, but Pandita by realization, we are not. So that is a problem. So implementation of knowledge will make us Panditaha with realization. We will become rich with realization. There was this one person, you know, very, uh, very learned person in a village. And uh, very well versed in the Vedas, in the Puranas and uh, also uh, well versed in all the different subjects like mathematics and physics and quite qualified person, a very scholarly person. And he was also very proud. He was not uh, actually Sampannaha, he was not very Vinaya. But because of his uh, so much of education and knowledge, he was very proud. He was displaying his knowledge everywhere. So once he was having a meeting and he had to cross the uh, river Ganga. So while he was crossing there was this boatman and uh, the boatman was uh, trying to help this person and he said can you please help me take me to the next uh, other, other side of the uh, river and he said alright please sit and then he boarded the boat and they were traveling and this person was so educated, instead of sitting quiet, he wanted to show off his knowledge and he asked the boatman, Hey, do you know what is actually this law of gravitation? Now, this person was, uh, you know, no sir, I am not so educated. I don't know anything about gravitation. I have no idea about all these things. Yeah, this person said, uh, you know, you are a fool. You don't know the law of gravitation. Anything that you throw should come down. And that is the law of gravitation. You know, your, your life is waste. Then uh, he said, alright, nothing can be done now. So he just continued rowing the boat. And little Eddie again asked the question that, do you know the certain law of physics? You know, then this person said, no, I don't know, sir, how this is happening. I don't know. He asked this, uh, how this boat is floating on the river. I don't know all these signs. I just know that the boat is there and I'm nicely rowing the boat. This is my work. Now, nobody has told me why it floats, how it floats. I don't have any idea. Your life is waste, this philosophy. This boatman continues a little bit. And then, in the middle of the river, when they reach, that is when the big storm starts. You know, then there is wind and heavy rains and the boat is stumbling left and right. This boatman is trying to somehow protect the boat and 
he is unable to control it is just going with the flow of waters and is unable to control and then this boatman asked sir do you know swimming he says no i don't know swimming he said all your life is completely waste so this fellow boatman he jumped into the water he swam across and he saved his life and this person who was so knowledgeable he didn't even know how to swim he drowned and he died so what happens is many times we may understand this theoretical knowledge of the bhagavad gita oh lot of pandita lot of shlokas we quote the left right center all these things are there in the knowledge but it is it is not aparoksha gnana it is only paroksha gnana paroksha vritti gnana that is good but aparoksha gnana the swayam the swarupa gnana will come only when you implement the instructions of the bhagavad gita see so please understand don't give uh, don't become very uh, lenient with yourselves what i'm trying to say here is don't become very complacent with your day to day activities so any time you are doing any activity every day please try to see that activity through the instructions of the bhagavad gita because that will help us to have a balanced vision because that will help us to deal with sukha and dukha in a equipoised way so don't get elated so by too much of happiness and don't get dejected by so called the distresses in life it will come it will go will go nothing is permanent sukha and dukha is also not permanent so only service to krishna is permanent right so if you can do that then brahmavid brahmanistitaha brahmavid only that person with such a knowledge he become brahmanistitaha you will attain that brahmanistitaha that uh, spiritual nature you will attain that spiritual nature that is what krishna is saying all right so let's go to the next verse verse number 21 so hina mata ji you can unmute yourself and let's chant the 21st words so another very interesting word krishna is going to share with all of us so mata ji hope this is visible to you वर्ष नंबर ट्वेंटी वन बाह्य स्पर्शेश्वर सत्तात्मा सुखम मक्षयम अश्नुते वंस अगेन बाह्य स्पर्शेश्व सत्तात्मा विंदत्यात्मनि यत्सुखम सब्रह्म योग युक्तात्मा सुखमक्षयमश्नुते सुखमक्षयमश्नुते 
but is always in trance, enjoying the pleasure within. In this way, the self-realized person enjoys unlimited happiness for he concentrates on the Supreme. Wonderful. Very nice. So, here Krishna is revealing another very important thing to us. So, what is he saying here? Bhāyasparśeshu asattātmā Bhāyasparśeshu Bhāya means external. So, Krishna is saying that whatever pains and pleasures that we are experiencing now is because of Bhāyasparśeshu. Now, why it is Bhāyasparśeshu external? Because I am a spirit soul. And as a spirit soul, the external thing to the spirit soul is mind, mind and intelligence and ego. And even external to that is the five senses, right? So for the soul, these material senses are external. So bahyas parsheshu. So right now, our pains and pleasures are external because our pains and pleasures are related to the senses. You eat something tasty, ah, I am getting this pleasure. You hear some nice sound, you are getting some pleasure. You are getting some beautiful forms to see, that is the pleasure of vision. Right? So, what's happening is, this is all bhayas parsheshu. And we are developing asakti for this. Now, asakti, asaktaha. There is asaktaha and asakti. Asaktaha means detachment. Asakti means attachment. A little variation. Asaktaha means attachment. Asaktaha means detachment. So Krishna is actually telling us that Asaktatma. You should become detached from Bhayasparsheshu. You should not simply think about getting pains and pleasures only through these five senses. This is underutilization of your existence. So Krishna is telling, we should not develop asakti for sense pleasure. What Krishna is saying here is, Vindat Atmaniyat Sukham. There is Atmani Sukham. So we are not aware of this Atmani Sukham. What is Atmani? That internal Sukha. We are so absorbed in constantly enjoying our bhayasparsha and there are so many things which are promoting bhayasparsha right zomato the swiggy and that movie and this movie the tv is coming in that music and this music and so many of these radio channels and all these things are actually keeping you absorbed in what bhayasparsha they are telling you yes you can enjoy you can enjoy enjoy where at an external level and we are so absorbed in this sukha that we have forgotten or probably we are not even aware that there is Atmani sukha. So Krishna is telling that you foolish fellow instead of now becoming dependent on all these external objects for your happiness there is abundant happiness right within you Atmani sukha. There is so much of joy within you. So don't become dependent on these external things. Because if you are becoming dependent on these external things 
and which are constantly flickering, they sometimes give you happiness, sometimes distress, you will experience pleasant and unpleasant things. So don't become absorbed in that. Instead, you focus on Atmani Sukha. And Krishna is more eager to give us, to see us, that we experience this Atmani Sukham. He is more eager to show us the path through which we can experience Atmani Sukha. Because once you get the taste of Atmani Sukha, then all this bias Parshesha Sukha will become Tucham. It becomes very, very uh, uh, invaluable. Because once you get uh, something of a higher taste, joy of a higher taste, why will we simply dabble about these lower tastes? We will not dabble into all these lower tastes, right? So, this is a secret that Krishna is sharing with all of us. You tell me one thing, all of you. When the fruit is unripe, it is more tastier. Or when the fruit is ripe, it is tastier. Correct? Which is the more tastier? A fruit which is unripe or which is ripe? Unripe. Unripe? Ripe. A kairi is more tasteful or a mango is more tasteful? Right? So you see, anything that is ripe, it gives us more sweet. It gives us more taste. Similarly, you tell me now one thing. You want to eat the banana which is with the peel or without the peel. Which is more tastier? A banana with the peel or without the peel? Without the peel. Without the peel. You know, only some animals like uh, elephants and cows, they will eat with the peel. But we, we will get the taste only when the fruit is actually not having any peel, right? So, what Krishna is saying here, you don't get absorbed in the external bias parsheshu. You try to experience that ripe internal pleasure, that spiritual pleasure, Atmani Sukham. But what are we so absorbed in right now? We want to always taste the unripe pleasures and pains of this world. That is where our mind is absorbed. Now, if people, somebody is very adamant, no, 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 I want to eat the fruit which is unripe and which is unpeeled with the peels, then we cannot help that person. You know, to get that Atmani Sukha, we need to have patience. These people who are so absorbed in material sense, pleasure, they will not wait for the fruit to get ripe. They want to instantly gratify and they eat that uh, unripe fruit. But a person who is intelligent, he will patiently wait for the fruit to get ripened and then he will taste the tasty fruit. Right? So similarly, in this process of Atmani Sukha, which is not so instant to get, we need some patience. So this Bhagavad Gita, that spiritual knowledge that you want to, that spiritual taste that you want to get, you will get it, but please have some patience. Wait for your bhakti to rise. Right now, our bhakti is unripe. So you cannot experience. So that is why we are dabbling with all these bias parsha issues to come. We are trying to enjoy the external pleasures. Right? So this is the problem. We don't have patience. Many people want instant gratification today. So that is a problem. So we should wait. 
so we should also become intelligent not to go for these temporary things never go for these temporary things many people you know when they want to enjoy the external senses bhaya sparshesu they take a lot of risk you know they do bungee jumping then they go mountaineering then they have this wild sports you know they go into this uh, uh you know rowing the boats where there are this waterfalls and the boat is just getting carried away all very risky games people play and they get some kind of uh, adrenal rush and then they want to enjoy that kind of a thing so just see for bahyas parsheshu people can take so much of risk can't we take a little bit of risk for atmani sukham we should take and what is the risk by the way there is there any risk here in reading bhagavad gita chanting hari krishna taking prasadam there is no risk involved still we are not taking so atmani sukham can come when we become aware that yes there is a wonderful uh, happiness right within us don't have to look for happiness externally so much important it is you see but now what people say is prabhu ji when uh, i am getting all these wonderful pleasures right with me which i have seen and experienced why should i look for something which i have not experienced right why should I, why should i try to get something which i have i don't have why should i think about it what i am getting i should enjoy right many people say that so they tell prabhu ji you are telling us to give up that which we have and you are trying to tell us that you should think about that which you have we, we don't have so why should i give up something that i already have many people don't want to give i am getting nice food to eat every day i am getting nice house family friends relatives everybody is there my children my wife husband everybody is there i am not telling that you should give up all those people but i am just saying that if you can spiritualize this whole process many times this external pleasures we don't want to give up because because of attachment but in this attachment of experiencing bahya sukha we are forgotten that there is atmani sukha many times people think about or even uh, think about some alternative sukha only when they get nicely smashed here by maya you know when they get nice beatings from maya no some bad times will come in everybody's life that is when they think are there is something beyond this sense pleasure also or what you know that is when they think that is also temporary and they forget after some time so it's very difficult to keep people uh, focused on the path of spiritual life is extremely difficult because there are so many glamorous things outside right which are keeping us trying to take away our attention one web series is there another web series will come another this series will come that series will come and so people are so absorbed they just don't want you to think about atmani sukha the tv is not allowing you to think about any and they show the trending things also before you even think of any atmani sukha they will show you know this is trending why they show you trending so that you again become absorbed so what is happening is bhaya sukha is trending these days atmani sukha is not at all trending it is not even showing up so very very bad situation we are in a very precarious situation oh my god very difficult so what the krishna the brother maharaj is saying is in shrimad bhagavatam he says 
that anybody who is going behind this flickering uh, joy, uh, it is very difficult. He will fall into the ditch of material existence again. Right? So we should not fall into this ditch. We should not fall in this well. It's very difficult to come out of this well. So, uh, now how to get rid of this Bahya Sukha? This question may come, Prabhu, yes, you are telling me uh, not to get uh, tempted by all this external Bahya Sukha, but how do we get rid of this Bahya Sukha now? That's the question, right? So, Krishna is saying here, Sabrahma Yoga Yuktatma. If you want to become free from this Bahya Sukha, sense pleasures, then Brahma Yoga. Brahma Yoga is uh, not another type of yoga. Brahma Yoga means a process of yoga which connects you with God is Brahma Yoga. So Krishna is saying Brahma Yoga Yuktatma. So what are we doing now? Every Sunday when we are attending the sessions, we are chanting the Hare Krishna Mantra every day and we are taking prasadam every day, we are actually practicing Brahma Yoga Yuktatma. You are becoming a Yuktatma, Brahma Yoga Yuktatma. So this is an opportunity for us to not look at the Bhaya Sparsha Sukham and instead look for Atmani Sukham. So this Atmani Sukham should increase more and more, more and more. So please get absorbed in thinking about Krishna. Because mind needs engagement. If you tell that mind to be silent, it will not sit silent. So instead of engaging the mind in some uh, mundane web series, instead you can listen to Bhagavad Gita, watch nice spiritual uh, videos, uh, maybe uh, the Prabhupada's live videos, Prabhupada's nice, uh, uh, two, so many videos of Prabhupada are there, you watch them on YouTube, then what's happening is, you are actually deriving Atmani Sukham, gradually. But amazing it is, once anybody experiences this Atmani Sukham, then it is uh, also uh, very addictive. You cannot give up. Once a person takes this Atmani Sukham, it's very addictive. And Krishna wants us to become addicted to Him. So sometimes, for those sincere people, He will give that addiction. It's good addiction actually. Right? So, this is what we have understood. So please do not get uh, absorbed in the external sense pleasures. Always think about Atmani Sukham. Eat the ripe fruit. Don't go for unripe fruits. Okay? So with this, let's go to the next verse now. So, uh, Uma Kumar, you can unmute yourself and let's chant the next verse. That is verse number 22. This is a very interesting shloka and Prabhupada in many of his lectures he often uses this verse. So please chant. Yehi samsprasya jabhoga Yehi samsprasya jabhoga Dukkha yonaya evate Dukkha yonaya evate Adhyantavantah kaunteya Nate Shuramate Buddha Nate Shuramate Buddha Let's do that once again. 
ये ही संस्पर्श जा भोगा
back into the well. Like I told you, it will push us into this ditch. You know, a very nice example is given in the Srimad Bhagavatam. You know, man is running in the forest because there is a tiger chasing him. Constantly, very fast is running because the tiger is behind him. And he is running, 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 running and suddenly he falls into a ditch. And while he is falling into the ditch, suddenly he holds the, you know, some rope and then he is somehow hanging on to that. Now, he looks down, there are lot of snakes there, poisonous snakes. He cannot go down. And he goes up and looks on the top, then there is the tiger which is waiting to devour him. Right? So, terrible situation is there. A very difficult situation. And then in that terrible situation where he cannot go on the top, he cannot go bottom there. And there are these one black rat and white rat which is constantly cutting their you know, biting the rope. See, such a difficult situation. Any time, any time the rope can cut and he can fall into the ditch and he can die. This is the situation. Now, the tiger is actually the death. Representing death. Which is running behind us all the time. Right? We are thinking, oh, I am now free from this disease, that disease. No death is coming. I am feeling that right now. That I am not going to die. This is the nature of the world. The most mysterious thing, the most amazing thing in this world is everybody is thinking that I am not going to die. Right now, because of Corona, we are able to see so many deaths happening all across. So many people are dying in front of us, but still one is thinking, I am not going to die. I will live forever. This is what, uh, you know, uh, Yudhishthira was asked by the Yaksha Prashna. Yaksha Prashna, Yudhishthira was asked, what is the most amazing thing in this world? And what Yudhishthira said, Aham yahani bhutani gachyanti yamalyam shesha stavaramichyanti He said that how yahani yahani bhutani that everybody is seeing that other person is dying in front of him but he is thinking that I am not going to die. Shesha stavaramichyanti Everybody is going to Yamalaya. They are saying that everybody is going to Yamaloka, but I am not going to Yamaloka. This is the most amazing thing. So, why I am saying is, when this person is holding on to the rope, the, the white and black rat represents the day and night. So, days and nights are continuously biting our lifespan and they are taking away our lifespan. And you know, this person who is holding on to this rope called life, somehow in this most precarious condition in the ditch, on the top of the well, there is a tree and there is a honeycomb. And from that honeycomb, there are drops of honey falling. And this person holding on to that most deadly rope, he's trying to lick, he's trying to catch hold of that honey in his tongue. Can you imagine? So what are we doing here is this samsparshaja bhoga is nothing but this. That little pleasure that we are hankering is nothing but that little honey falling from that tree. For that little honey we are thinking that okay we forget that tiger, we forget that deadly snake. And little honey will keep us happy years. And the rats are constantly biting away our 
life span how foolish are we isn't it foolish if we tell if we see if we, we see that such a person enjoying that honey in the well do you think that is a very intelligent person but that's exactly what we are doing we are already fallen into this material ditch and that little honey we are trying to experience we are so busy catching hold of that honey here and there oh some sukhar shajab hoga which has a starting which has an end right such a difficult situation i had also given a very beautiful example earlier about the patanga matanga bhuranga bringa right how this patanga this moths they get attracted by the fire they think that oh yes there is so much of light there is uncontrollable sense for the patanga is the sense of vision you see they get attracted by light so much that they get into the fire and they die you see many times during rainy season the moths will come they constantly flickering towards the street lamp and morning you see all the dead below and the elephant how do they catch the wild elephant he is running behind he is very difficult very powerful but the elephant can be controlled by a she elephant the she elephant will nicely seduce this male elephant and put him into the ditch and that is how they catch him why he can he has uncontrollable sense of touch then there is this uh, meena meena means fish the fish to catch the fish we put the bait the fish has uncontrollable tongue because of the uncontrollable sense of taste the fish thinks oh so much nice food is there he doesn't see the gull the bait and he gets caught and he dies the deer is very difficult to catch even if you want to shoot an arrow or you want to shoot it with a gun it's very difficult because it's so flickering the very chanchala the deer is constantly running is very fast but the same deer you the hunter can play a nice flute very nice music the deer will easily come to you and he will get caught by the hunter bringa bringa means this you know the bumblebee this bumblebee he has uncontrolled a sense of you know a smell he gets so bewildered by the fragrance of the flowers that he sits in the flower and the flower will close and he will die inside the flower bring up just imagine these living entities because of one uncontrolled sense they die and we human beings we have all the five senses uncontrolled such a difficult situation that we are in and we still want to have samsparsha jab hoga are you really looking for samsparsha jab hoga now samsparsha jab hoga this material sense pleasure first of all it is not easily attainable people work day and night for sense pleasures they are working so hard like hogs cats and dogs so difficult to get sense pleasure they want to buy one tv people work so hard they want to get little clothes they work so hard people are working hard for sense pleasure not easily attainable and many times when it is attained it is not very palatable oh what is this this mobile is not good good you know i should have bought something else this is not so tasty it is not very palatable after attaining it and after attaining it it's not palatable it is also not sustainable you cannot sustain all the time the sense objects that you have acquired see then what is the point it has an adi it has an anta 
and we are running behind this kind of samsparsha job hoga we should not any intelligent any sane person should not run behind this samsparsha job hoga see please understand we are we are going mad behind this sense pleasure you know this sense pleasure is like a sandwich you have seen sandwiches there is a big loaf imagine a sandwich which has a big thick loaf on the top and at the bottom and in between there is that uh, whatever that fried tasty item you know that thick bread of loaf on the bottom and the top and little bit of uh, that vada or whatever you have uh, that tasty things on the between now you want to taste that but to taste that you have to cross through the big loaf of bread and then you get that little pleasure of some tasty thing and then after tasting that what is the next again a big loaf again so this is what is happening in our life also our life whatever little happiness we get is like a sandwich happiness we get what is the uh, big loaf on the top it is hankering and what is the loaf below at the bottom that is lamentation we are constantly hankering for that little pleasure and once we get we will lose that taste and we will hanker constantly so this is what is happening do you want a happiness like a sandwich for that little layer of pleasure and that little taste people are working hard day and night so foolish we are and all we are getting is only that tasteless bread on top most of the time so this is not good idea so krishna is saying here he is saying that dukkha yonaya evate yonaya means boom so what krishna is saying that this samsparsha bhoga this sense pleasure is pregnant with dukkha he is saying that dukkha yonaya evate any time when we get into any sort of sense pleasure it is pregnant with dukha today or tomorrow in due course of time that dukha will come if anybody is overeating oh i want to enjoy i want to enjoy he likes the taste of certain thing and he overeats what happens dukha yonaya evate they are only getting pregnant with dukha and this samsparchaja bhoga this pregnancy is such that there is no abortion please understand any time where we see about we hear about abortion but any time you get involved in samsparchaja bhoga we all are getting pregnant with dukha it will come you cannot abort it there is no question of aborting this dukha it will come and hit us one day it will be delivered to us in due course of time such a powerful thing so krishna is very clearly stating sense pleasure will lead to dukha if you don't want dukha in our life in your life then please avoid samsparsha jab hoga any time you take example of any dukha any material sense pleasures it will end into dukha this is the science this is krishna's instruction he is clearly stating this to us so what are we looking for is 
we should look for nateshu ramate budaha so a person who is really intelligent who is a devotee he is always looking for akshaya sukha he is not looking for he is not looking for temporary happiness he is looking for akshaya sukha akshaya sukha means unlimited happiness how nateshu ramate budaha ramate very nice prabhupada is using this quote he had used this previously also very nice shloka from the padma purana he says ramante yogino nante satyananda chidatmani iti rama padena shau param brahma vidha brahma vidhayate brahma vibhadhiyate see so ramante yogino nante a devotee is ramana ramana means pleasure he seeks happiness a devotee ramante yogino nante where is this yogis actually doing ramana they are actually satyananda chidatmani in atma sukha the great devotees and yogis they take pleasures only in the atma sukha in spiritual pleasure they are not interested in samsparsha ja bhoga never get interested in this temporary happiness which we derive from the sense pleasure so important all these things are so important so so it is very clear if you are somehow engaging in sense pleasure it will lead to dukha dukha yo naye evate so let us not get pregnant with this samsparsha bhoga because it will make us distressed in the future so very nice krishna has explained and uh, we have gone overboard today <laughs> and uh, still if there are any questions you can please feel free to ask so we have covered four four verses today so please contemplate on all these things these are extremely important and krishna has very clearly understood that in these four verses we have covered that do not for okay i think before even i say and recap i think it's better that i ask what is the take away point that you all have what is your take away point from today's session you feel free to mention that so you have heard so many things today what is that one thing that you want to take away from today's session yes anybody would like to go first you can please go ahead and say online or offline anybody so girish bhai is saying here what is that you want to say from today onwards i will be willing to keep my faults Uh, my faults ahead of me and others faults behind me like that's the topmost <laughs> thing i've accepted today in today's session and second thing is that i'm not <laughs> try i'm going to avoid the honey that is dropping from <laughs> top of the tree and uh, i'll just hang in on the rope and wait until those rats cut off my rope and whatever fate i have So Girishma is saying that from today onwards, that she she doesn't want to look at the faults of others. So she always wants to keep her portly of faults in the front. And the second thing that she is saying that ah she doesn't want to actually taste that honey, that honey which is falling from the tree. So she doesn't want to go behind sense pleasure. So she somehow wants to wait until the rope gets cut, and hopefully she will not fall down. She will just fly away. 
with the spiritual plane will come and take us to the spiritual world. Yes, so that is her takeaway points on today's session. What about others? What do you think? What is your takeaway point today? Prabhuji, there were a lot of takeaway points, but uh, I think the topmost was the law of attraction, what you explained, how we we don't have to find faults in Krishna, instead we say that Krishna, you have this quality uh, and uh, I don't, so uh, please bless me to have this quality as well, exactly. so, so that we remove the unwanted qualities in ourselves. And yes. the second most uh, important thing I thought was being equipoised and avoid avoiding extreme emotions, yes. even though there are extreme situations. Exactly. So very good points. In fact, we should uh, understand these principles of law of attraction. We should actually see good in others. By seeing good in others, we will attract the good qualities within us. Extremely important. And at the same time, never have any extreme emotions. Be equipoised. Very good. Day. Anything else? So even listeners on YouTube, you can feel free to ask uh, and share your viewpoints. Yes, Guruji. Yes, Uma Kumar. Well, nothing lasts forever, Guruji. Even pleasure or uh, problems, nothing lasts forever. So we need to see all the things in the same similar manner. Exactly. So never get disturbed by... You never get elated by the pleasant things and never get depressed by the uh, unpleasant things in life, right? So these are extremely important points and please try to contemplate on all these things. Now you have certain secrets with you, so you can start looking at all the wonderful points, uh, think about these points and see that Krishna is flawless and by seeing Krishna flawless, I will also become flawless, right? So. Uh, Good, very nice. So please uh, uh, take care and uh, all of you think about uh, the points that we have discussed today and we will continue from where we have left in the next session. Until then, please take care. Hare Krishna.